Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot. I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you. And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. Yes. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Not all women are built to be nurturers. On April 27, 1926, a woman was sentenced for the crime she committed under the guise of a kind, nurturing nurse who, in reality, relished in watching her patients grip onto life with all that they could, only to lose that battle and take their last breaths. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Very little is known about the early life of Antoinette Siri. We know that she was born sometime in 1890 and immigrated from Italy to France when she was just a child. We also know that during World War I, Antoinette worked at a casualty clearing station in Dolan's where she very quickly learned that she could take money, jewelry, and other valuables from the wounded men who lay in her care. And when that wasn't enough, she forged letters to loved ones to try and get some more funds through the mail. She was eventually caught stealing an officer's paybook in 1915, was placed in jail, and released the following year. 
Around the same time, she met and married an Italian soldier named Salman, and together, the pair welcomed two children into their home before her infidelity drove away their father. Wanting a man to take care of her and her family, Antoinette met an alcoholic named Joseph Rasignal, who beat her on the regular and, on a number of occasions, called the police and had him jailed for assault, only to reconcile and forgive him right after he was released. Eventually, the pair had a child out of wedlock, and in 1920, they all moved to the village of Saint-Gilles in southern France, where she made quite the reputation for herself as Nurse Siri. She was a helpful woman, beloved amongst the locals, and trusted by the families and friends of the loved ones in her care, most of whom were elderly, none knew about her checkered past, and not a single person questioned when a rash of deaths seemed to take place as soon as she started her work. On December 11, 1924, after the sudden death of five of her patients, a 58-year-old woman named Marie Gerard died while in Nurse Cerie's care. She was followed very quickly by the Christmas Eve death of the distinguished Madame La Chapelle, and just two days later, the Madame's husband collapsed from what Antoinette claimed was a heart attack. The physician readily agreed and seemed to find no issue that husband and wife died in such a quick succession. According to some of the later sources, the plan to kill the La Chapelles had been one carefully constructed for quite some time and enacted on the Christmas holiday so Antoinette could, quote, watch them expire in agony while watching the rest of the world rejoicing. A few days later, Joseph Rossignol welcomed in the new year by beating his wife in a drunken rage. Finally having enough of him, Antoinette prepared him a bowl of mussels and, after consuming it in its entirety, Joseph collapsed and died just two hours later. According to the testimony at her trial, Antoinette sat and watched him thrash and writhe in pain. And when he finally took his last breath, she went out to celebrate her freedom with a drunken orgy. The accounts of Joseph's murder, who is sometimes referred to as Henri, differ depending on the source. However, the outcome, his death, is always the same. Antoinette's next patients were Marie Martin, 67 years old, and her sister, Madame Doyer. When preparing the ladies their coffee, Madame Doyer remarked on how bitter it tasted and poured it down the sink while Antoinette wasn't paying attention. Marie Martin, however, did not do the same and shortly after died while under the nurse's care. It was at this point that suspicions had started to arise in the area but not enough to leave Antoinette unemployed. The last person to die in her care was a woman named Madame Guang Quiquet, whose husband, after watching her decline in health progress rapidly after the nurse's employment, started snooping around and found a bottle beneath his wife's bed that, when tested, contained a mixture of ether and the herbicide pyralion. It was at this point that the bodies of several victims, including that of Joseph Rossignol, were exhumed and sent into autopsy all of which had huge doses of pyralion in their system at their time of death. When taken into custody, Antoinette confessed to her crimes and attempted to implicate her neighbor as a willing accomplice. They were later cleared by the police. In total, it is believed that Antoinette Siri killed at minimum six of her patients over the course of about a year. More than likely, though, there are more than 12 deaths in the area that she is responsible for, with some estimating that number is closer to 30, all of whom lost their lives for the pure enjoyment Antoinette received in watching them suffer. The same woman who had created such a wonderful reputation for herself and was known for her remarkable bedside manner. 
On April 27, 1926, Antoinette Cerie was sentenced to death for her crimes, with the judge at her trial saying, quote, You have been called a monster, but that expression is not strong enough. You are debauched. You are possessed of all the vices. You are also a drunkard, vicious, and a hypocrite. You have no shame. I do not believe judicial history contains the records of many criminals of your type. When he was finished, Antoinette simply shrugged, laughed, and relished in the fact that there had never been a female executed in French history. As expected, the sentence was eventually commuted to life and Antoinette died behind bars. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on April 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.